Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your buddy, Paladino Joey Awajan? Well, it is episode number 39 today of the aforementioned Brave the Wild. It is Friday, once again, like it always seems to be with Brave the Wild, February 12th, 2010. Well, I was expecting to review just two games today. But first and foremost, uh, Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It means a great deal to me. Also, minnesota.nhlfansite.com, minnesota.nhlfansite.com. Do check that out. Also nice enough to put a link to Brave the Wild on the left-hand corner of that website. Appreciate it very much, and a very cool website indeed. Now, as I was saying before I rudely interrupted myself, go figure, I was expecting to just review, oh, you know, two games today, talk a little bit about the, talk a little bit about Cody Allman and Robbie Earl, and yeah, I'm going to do that, but, <laughs> yeah, right as I was prepping for the show this afternoon, the Wild announced a pretty significant trade, and I mean pretty significant, he is literally hot off the wire, like five, the trade, the news was maybe five minutes old, and it was only on the StarTribune.com, not on Yahoo or anything else yet, just Star Tribune. The Minnesota Wild have traded the rights to first-round draft pick. That's right, Nick Letty. Nick Letty, defenseman Nick Letty, Golden Gophers, Eden Prairie. Yeah, a blue chip from the Twin Cities. Going to be the first major Minnesota-born prospect in the Minnesota Wild uh, farm system, and hopefully the Minnesota Wild. Knock, knock, Danny Ehrman. Come on now, buddy. Not that he's actually, yeah, Danny Ehrman isn't even from Minnesota, just a gopher. He's from the North Dakota, I believe, if I remember correctly, and yes, I do. Yeah, and he's not exactly a major prospect, is he? Hmm, he was just a third-round pick. Still might end up being something someday. He's doing okay down in Houston. But yeah, also, yep, Nick Letty, Kim Janssen. Kim Janssen, so good riddance to that expensive contract. And, uh, yeah, Cam Baker of the Chicago Blackhawks, third overall pick in 2004, coming to the Minnesota Wild. And we're going to get into that story after we re- review the games and take a quick break. Oh, I'm sorry, I had to do that, didn't I? But that's how it goes. We're going to review the two games first. And, oh, they were just so fun, weren't they? Well, actually, the first one was. The first game was not a bad game at all, actually, for the Minnesota Wild. A nice 2-1 to one victory as the Wilds' musical goalie chairs, or goalie musical chairs, whatever you want to call it, continue on this particular day. This was Saturday the 6th of February, which is trade month, basically, for the, for the Wild and for the Timberwolves, or NBA and NHL. NHL, of course, more important to this show. You might imagine that. But yeah, the Minnesota Wild defeat the Philadelphia Flyers. The Wild haven't had all that much luck against the Philadelphia Flyers either over the years. Not too much. Not really too much at all. And yeah, as I mentioned, the the uh, musical goalie chair is continuing at this particular point. Hudobin. It is, it is officially Hudobin. The K is silent. And he stops 38 shots in the Wild win 2-1. to one. 38 shots. Hudobin is 23, as is Cam Baker. Yep, Minnesota Wild defenseman Cam Baker of the Chicago Blackhawks. Former Blackhawk, of course, now officially on the Wild. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Cam Baker. <laughs> Uh, extensively, not not forever and ever, but you get the idea. Extensively, it's a pretty interesting trade. Yeah, as I continue to tease to that, is uh, yeah, <laughs> just going to be a more interesting show than I expected. Uh, not that it isn't interesting already, I would hope. But yeah, 
the first 47 of first of for the 48 shots that Hudobin faced in his NHL career, the first two games, officially, he stopped 47 of 48. He gave up only one goal, just one goal. Yep, the two to one victory, and the 40, the 38 shaves, uh, shaves, the 38 saves by Hudobin matched the most by a wild goalie this season. So not bad for his first NHL start to tie for the team high. Pretty cool. Hudobin, well, he was he was one in ten in his previous eleven decisions in the minors, folks. One in ten for his first pre, for his for his last eleven decisions on the Houston Arrows. I, I don't know how many times I said Oilers last week. Just uh, listening, re-listening to what I had recorded, kind of annoyed the crap out of me. Yeah, saying Houston Oilers—that's kind of ridiculous. Houston Arrows, and I apologize, listeners out there. Uh, Hudobin's comment on that is, "I can't tell you the secret." Cute. <laughs> yeah, very interesting indeed. The Wild at this particular night were six points out of the final playoff spot in the conference, Western Conference, of course, but they've won two straight and were 8-0, 8-0-1 in their last nine home games at this particular point. Nolan's comment on that is, we need a few more. We're not going to sit back. We've got to keep climbing the standings, and yeah, that's for sure. But the Wild have not done that. That's the problem. Yeah, we've won at home. We had one at home until that, gal dang, Phoenix game that I'm going to get to next. That's the next game. Yeah, Tudobin was a seventh-round pick, by the way, in the 04 draft. And, yeah, 2004 draft, funny. Ironic, isn't it? So, yeah, same age as a guy by the name of Cam Baker, who was the third overall pick in that draft. Hmm, the 04 draft. That was the same year the Wild took A.J. Thielen with the fourth overall pick, who was also a defense. Whoa, I sense a conspiracy here. We're trying to make up for the 04 draft, even though the, yeah, we're trying to say Risebrow is an idiot and we're better. Yeah, actually, I don't know if they really even have to do that with already trading away an imbecilic fourth overall pick, Puglia, for La Tendresse. That's looking pretty good. Not that Puglia's doing horrible in Montreal, but I think La Tendresse is looking even better on the wild as I continue to digress all over the place. Um... Yeah, Philadelphia Flyers hit the post a few times in this game. As mentioned, it was a 2-1 to game. Mike Richards, the leading scorer of Philadelphia, chimes in saying it's frustrating. We're getting the opportunities. We just lack the scoring touch. Yeah, sounds like the Wild most of the time. Oh, they're hitting posts. And then the posts that come out. <laughs> yeah, the posts come out, of course, like they have a scoring chance and the net comes out. And it's like, ah, could drive anybody crazy. Um, yeah, they hit a couple posts against Hudobin. But, uh, yeah, Hudobin just hung in there great. It was fantastic as he chimes in again. You know, probably the coach said the young goalie, <laughs> this is young, this is young goalie. I love how he talks. Rookie, you know, just warm, just warm him up and shoot from everywhere. Maybe he will let them score. And, uh, well, he didn't. Hudobin didn't let them score. Just gave up that one goal early on. It was actually uh, late in the first period, but early on in general. Very interesting little deal there as Cal Clutterbuck made a nice play and an unassisted goal. It's 11th of the year. And then Carcillo, Carcillo with his eighth goal of the year, mere about 20, <laughs> a mere 24 seconds later, just a crazier, 26 seconds officially. Yeah, just back-to-back, boom-boom in that first period, late in the first period. And then uh, after that, well, the Wild just kind of, Hung on for a while. Not a very exciting uh, first period for the Wild. They only got seven shots on goal. 
to Philadelphia 17. As I mentioned, yeah, Philadelphia was going crazy early on. Just couldn't get anything going the while. It was pretty much in the wild zone the whole first period. Second period was a different story. Hudobin stopped 10 shots in that period. The Wild put 16 shots against Leighton of the Philadelphia Flyers, and only one went in. Luckily, it was a good play, of course, on the third line. Owen Nolan on the third line here with Belanger and Kim Janssen, one of the final points of his Minnesota Wild career. It was a pretty good play. Set up Janssen to Belanger, and uh, Owen Nolan was able to put it in. And that's all the Wild needed. It was just kind of a little back and forth the rest of the way. Third period, Wild only gets seven shots on goal again because it was mostly in the Wild zone. Most of the time, 12 shots stopped by Hudobin, and he looked excellent the whole night, other than uh, the post getting hit a few times. But, hey, that's all that matters. What matters is, is they didn't go in. Both teams are 0 for 4 in the power play. Philadelphia winning the faceoff category 36-28. to uh, yeah, the Wild have been starting to lose in that category, but the good news is the penalty kill is starting to improve a little bit for the most part. Unfortunately, the power play, well, eh, power play is just up and down. It's yeah, I don't think it's going to be just spectacular right now. Uh, they hope that Cam Baker, who could be a kind of a lot to undress type of uh, situation, so we'll get into that shortly again. I keep bringing that up, and I can't help it. Um, it wasn't the greatest game of all time, but hey, when you see a nice young goalie like that step up, that's a good sign, and it shows that they're, that the cupboards aren't quite as bare in Houston as we may have thought, at least on the goalie side of things. And uh, with uh, Backstrom's outrageous contract, it was just I think it's too high, especially in this new salary cap era, how the salary cap is supposed to shrink. Yeah, I got to tell you, folks, I don't think Backstrom's going to play out his contract as a Minnesota Wild. I just don't. So I'm going to call that the end of that. Final notes on the game, as it was the Wilds' first win against Philadelphia in five meetings, dating back to a 2-0 home victory, February 12, 2003. That's a long time ago, and why does 3 keep coming up? As the Wilds are 14-0-1 this season when leading up for two periods, where Philadelphia is the exact opposite. The reciprocal, as people like to say, the mathematical version of it, 1-16 when trailing after two. Woo! Harsh. So, yeah, the Wild and Philadelphia, the stars aligned for this game to finish as it did. 2-1 to one victory, Minnesota last Saturday. Lots of fun to watch that one in HD, as I don't always get to see HD. I hate to say. That looked fantastic, though. Paul Tunerich, Canada, thank you for that if you're listening. As the Wild, this was just the other night. Wednesday, the 10th of February. Home game against Phoenix Coyotes. It's like, will the Wild ever beat the Phoenix Coyotes again? Because I bring up a million times over, the Wild can't beat the Phoenix Coyotes. And in the past, it was the opposite. Marion Gabrick used to own this team. He had just he owned this team more than anybody in the whole NHL. Of course, Gabrick had some promising seasons earlier in his career. And my God, were they ever promising against the Phoenix Coyotes? The Wild lose this one three to two, and it felt like it felt worse, to be honest. So they did lose a one. I mean, they did lead one nothing on a power play goal. Havlat and Latundres. Imagine that. Havlat and Latundres hooking up on a goal again. And this was on the power play. And yeah, who would you? Who else could you want on the power play than Latundres and Havlat? And <laughs> the way they've been playing. And of course, Zidlicky is the king of power play when it comes to the Wild and the defense. Getting his thirtieth assist of the year on this particular goal. Just. Man, I love Merrick Zidlicky. We're going to get into him a little bit, too, because the the trade today does 
concern him. It does. We're getting to that a little more. And, yeah, I can't say enough of how much I love Merrick Zidlicky. I talk about him all the time. I think he is fantastic. Merrick Zidlicky, Merrick Zidlicky, Merrick Zidlicky. See, I talk about him a lot. Latan Dress with his team-leading 19th goal of the year. 19 goals for Guillaume Latandres. Mm, just he is, uh, the Lumberjack is looking great. He's looking great out there for the Minnesota Wild. And when the Wild score early at home against the Phoenix Coyotes, regardless of how good the Phoenix Coyotes have been, Coyotes, I'll just say it that way from now on. I've been saying it wrong. Phoenix Coyotes. When the Wild score early against the Phoenix Coyotes in the power play, at home or away, you think, hey, I, I think we're probably going to win this game. This is a really good sign. Very encouraging because the Coyotes' defense has gotten significantly better with this new coach. He's done a wonderful job over there. No, it just totally shifted the other way. And uh, mm, Martin Hansel's goal, which is five minutes later, it was a decent play, a good play, nothing spectacular. As Phoenix, there is nothing spectacular about the Phoenix Coyotes. Coyotes, excuse me. But uh, when it's one nothing after the first period, nothing exciting. Neither team shot in the double-digit shots and goal in that first period. By the way, the power play numbers of the night, uh, Phoenix was 0 for 2. They only had two. This was a pretty disciplined game, and it went very quickly. Only four power plays in the whole night. And, of course, the Wild did get convert on one. So a good special teams night again for the Wild. And Phoenix winning in the face-off category. The Wild lose in that category again. Interesting. 31-22 to there. Um, but the Lombardi goal. Now, this is when it's just like, oh, come on. What What? What? What was that? Lombardi goal. Now, he was at a pretty uh, tight angle, right? Pretty tight angle, way to the side, almost kind of, gosh, what would be the angle? Uh, man, I don't even know. <laughs> I can't, well, I'm not the greatest with that type of uh Math, really, but the angle was pretty, a pretty tight angle, and it just went right over Backstrom's shoulder. And by the way, Backstrom is back with the Wild. Oh, goody, with how well, with how poorly he'd been playing for the most part. Yeah, it's good to have him back, and he's the franchise goalie and all that, but just did not look good at all on this pull at all. Horrible. It just went right over his shoulder. Backstrom just kind of put his arm up, put his hand up, and the puck just went whoop right past it. And it's just like, oh, come on. And I know Lombardi, oh, it's just like, oh, the, you know, a curse against the Vikings. Why is that happening to the Wild, too, now? What, what's going on here? The Wild Vikings can't seem to put their hands on that Lombardi trophy. Well, Phoenix Coyotes looking good here with this guy, and uh, it was pretty frustrating. It was pretty frustrating, indeed, to watch that happen. It just... uh Mm. Just went right over Backstrom's shoulder. Not a pretty sight at all. Not a pretty sight at all. And then the third goal was even worse. <laughs> As a second period, the teams just kind of traded shots. Wild couldn't finish anything. Phoenix got 14 shots on goal. The Wild only, well, not only. The Wild did get 10 shots on goal. They had their chances, but couldn't capitalize. Phoenix is just, uh, their defense is too good. And, uh, Chris Golov, he's he's a nice, he is just turning into a really good goalie over there in Phoenix. He has been good for a while. By the way, Zemnik Mahalik, yeah, I remember him, former Minnesota Wild player, defenseman, still there. He's still there, and he's still well. He's still doing pretty good. Of course, Shane Doan is still there as well. 
Uh, the third goal, though, is the flukiest goal of them all. Just uh, ridiculous. It ended up getting credited to Radim Verbeta. 20 goals there for the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, the puck basically went up in the air, bounced off the net, had a back, uh, bounced off the net, and went and uh, had a back went at a back angle and bounced over the line, the goal line. It still had a backspin to it, believe it or not. But the puck went over. The puck had already uh, cleared the line, I guess you can see. I cleared the line, landed behind the line, so it was a good goal, and then bounced forward because of the backspin. Mm. Just not the Wilds' night in any way, shape, or form. That was the flukiest goal ever. It's just like, come on. I don't know who to blame on that one. I think it's just uh, that was just a bad luck play. And uh, as poorly as Backstrom has been playing, he, he wasn't horrible in this game. Both teams had 31 shots on goal, by the way. Uh, just a bullcrap goal, though. And, of course, it was the right call. It was a good goal. The ref was just pointing down. Yep, that, that went in. That went in. It was just basically a scramble. There was really hardly a shot. It just bounced in, basically. It bounced off the net and in. Off the top of the net, by the way. Yep, way up and in. Mm. Oh, my God! That's pretty much the story. Like, you're kidding, right? You serious? Yeah, serious. It was a real goal. It really happened. Horse pocky. The Wild uh, try to do everything they can to score. And uh, Martin Havlat was able to capitalize with his 14th goal of the year. Two and a half minutes left. The Wild kept trying and trying. Of course, the old empty net thing. And, yeah, luckily the Coyotes didn't get a fourth goal. But the Wild could not capitalize. And, and that was all there was to it. Wild lose the game 3-2. to two, And the Coyotes have swept the Minnesota Wild for the season. Pretty frustrating. Pretty frustrating indeed. Um... Here's a quote by Todd Richards that I'm going to also comment about, too, in a second here. Todd Richards' comment is, We're looking to make that extra pretty pass. Yeah, looking for the empty net. We have to be a team that shoots the puck and goes to the net. Now, this comment has got, absolutely, you know it's kind of a, it's related to what Guillaume Latendres did. This was in the first period. Latendres, he already had scored, of course, at this point. The puck was passed to him. He had a very, very good look at the at the net. He had an easy shot. No guarantee is going to go in, of course, but at least shoot it. Instead, he fiddles around with the puck, you know, with his fancy stick handling and tries to pass it to, to nobody. He tries to pass it to, it looked like Havlet, I can't even remember who it was, but it was way off. There was nobody there because they're like, yeah, he's going to shoot, right? He's going to shoot. Let's worry about getting the rebound. No, he just flung it away, and there went a very good scoring chance. Out the window right there in a game you got to score. I mean, Brizgalov was owning the wild all, most of the night, and uh, just extremely frustrating indeed. Extremely frustrating. Stupid. Just stupid. Havlet also weighs into the same thing. I mean, it wasn't just Latondres. It was kind of everybody in this game. It's like, what the hell? Wild probably could have had another five to Five to ten shots in goal in this game because of this. And Havlat, again, as I said, weighs in on it. I think we were creating chances. I mean, and we weren't just shooting the puck at the net, Havlat said. We were creating chances, but we weren't shooting at the right moment. We were looking for a better pass at the end of the play. Uh, garbage. The Coyotes also were shot, outshot eight to one to start the game. Wild 
yeah, they got a goal in there, but they just just won, of course. But it was a good sign. It looked like the Wild are going to have something cooking. They're going to end this losing streak to these doggone Phoenix Coyotes. Didn't happen. Backstrom's, uh, Backstrom's calm quote is, we started strong and finished strong. If we just play like that for 60 minutes, I think we have a chance. Yeah, that might make a little sense right there. Backstrom is a common sense guy, and that's pretty much his common sense talk right there. Uh, also, final note here is that Chuck Kobasu did practice with the team on Wednesday morning for the first time since suffering that knee injury against the Blues on December 26th. So Kobasu finally looking to return. Um, yeah, pretty much it. at this point, he's just a third or fourth liner. Well, I, I, I'd say fourth liner. But uh, he's going to have to compete with Cody Allman, I'm, I'm thinking, at this point in time. We'll see what happens with Cody, because we're going to get into him very shortly. We will conclude the game reviews. We're going to get into that big trade right about now. Welcome back to Brave the Wild, episode number 39, which is a reminder for all MP3 player users. That's right. One more episode and we'll be at the Big 4-0. How about that? The next episode will be the Big 4-0 for Brave the Wild. Crazy, huh? Crazy indeed. Yeah. I've already been podcasting for two years, starting with Paladino Live and all that good stuff. Eventually, Purple Mafia, Tim Rolls Explosion, and Brave the Wild. Paladino Live got split up into these three shows. Um, but yeah, crazy stuff. Of course, this show was about a year and a half old. Started in August of 08. Okay, let's continue. Got a little stuff to get to. Something pretty significant called the, the Nick Letty trade. I guess we're going to call it right now. It happened just before the 2 p.m. trade freeze. Because there's a freeze, obviously, because of the, uh, the Olympics starting up here in Vancouver, our favorite place. Um, yep, Nick Letty. The rights to 2009 first round pick Nick Letty. And Kim Johnson, not Kim Johnson, Kim Johnson. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Chicago Blackhawks, 23 for for 23 year old former number three overall pick Cam Baker, the two way defenseman who has two more years left in his contract at almost 3.1 per, and of course the third year will be 3.25. So Cam, the the good news is Cam Baker will be here. The question then becomes, will he be better? Cam Barker, oh my god, Cam Barker, excuse me, I apologize for that, that's a cardinal sin, isn't it? He is Barker, and I should have known that, and I did know that, it's just, uh, my bad, let's just continue though, as the Wild, the Wild are going to, <laughs> the Blackhawks are going to have to trade Barker this summer to get under the salary cap, they'll have to make some more moves too. And the Wild still has interest this summer in center. Patrick Sharp. So very interesting right there. The Wild are looking at him. Patrick Sharp. Of course, centers in the Wild. Yeah, that's been kind of hard to come by over the years, you might imagine. Cam Barker. As this 100% means, of course, according to uh, Russo, the Star Tribune, his comment is that he's told by sources the Wild are, are trying to resign Merrick Zidlicky before the March 3rd trade deadline, but probably way sooner. Term is the only stumbling block right now. Trading Letty was made easier by the influx of defensemen in the system. Marco Scandella, that's the good part, Marco Scandella, 
Tyler Kuma being the main two in the long-term future of Brent Burns. The Wild also was very concerned about Letty's development at the U. Whoa, folks. Remember that line? Remember that line, Kyle Lopolso, last year? New York Islanders, remember their general manager? Yeah. Uh-oh, that we're concerned about Kyle Oposo's development at the University of Minnesota. We're going to ship him off. We're, we're going to bring him over as soon as possible and get him out of the U. He should he should quit the U and move on to the uh, National Hockey League or at least the AHL. Ooh, if this is becoming a tell, folks, across the National Hockey League now, go for hockey fans. Uh-oh, this is not looking good, is it? It's really not. And, of course, remember, Nick Letty was a... Long term, I mean, stuck around in Concussion Junction for quite a while. And uh, after that very serious injury, right to start out his college career, broken jaw, serious concussion, not cool and uh, at all. That, of course, has nothing to do with uh, the de- his development. It's just, yeah, that's another thing of note. That slowed, that, that slowed down his development, too. Barker, by the way, had a career-high 40 points last year. Looked pretty good. Tommy Tonson. The Wild assistant GM, Tommy Thompson, who's been with the Wild since the beginning, chimes in. You're not going to walk in there in the dead of the night and steal a guy like Gam Barker. You're going to have to give up something that hurts. Barker will get better as he gets older, matures, puts everything together. This guy's played pretty well in the National Hockey League. He's He's a big mobile guy who can shoot the puck. So, all right. That's the good news. The question, again, becomes... Who's going to be the better defenseman, Barker or Nick Letty? That's obviously the comparison here. Getting rid of uh, getting rid of Kim Janssen, uh, I'm not going to shed any tears. Obviously, quite a huge salary again, 5.3 million for Kim Janssen, a pending free agent. But the good news is that this does open the door for a guy by the name of Merrick Zidlicky. That is the good news indeed. Again, we're going to get back to that here in a second. As the question does become now, uh, depth on D allowed this. You're not going to be able to keep all three of those defense prospects to make this trade. This, of course, is uh, Tommy Thompson. That's the cost of doing business. They wanted a prospect, and you look at their team. They don't need forwards. That's just the way it is. Just like Puglia for La Tandres. The test for me... Is not how Puglia does in Montreal. It's how Puglia would have done in many. And yeah, just like Latendres was dying under a vine in, Mon- in Montreal. If we think we can get a guy in here that can really upgrade the Minnesota Wild for the long term, it's going to have to cost something. It's as simple as that. Fortunate thing is we have now. We didn't have two, three years ago. We have some depth. In the top end defensive defense prospects, yeah, that's the good part. That's a good part indeed. Um, yeah, I agree with that because yeah, how, how can you forget Marco Scandella? Actually, has definitely usurped uh, anybody right now for the top defenseman prospects. I mean, in in, in Canada, he he's on, he was on Canada's team. Pretty pretty amazing indeed. Canada's team earlier in the year, the Junior Championships. Number he was he was the number one defenseman on that team. That is a very good sign. He usurped all of them. Of course, uh, Nick Letty had nothing to do with Canada, but he, uh, he, usurped, he usurped Tyler Kuma and everybody else out there from Canada. Yeah, and breaking news that happens, Canada has pretty good players. Yeah, pretty good players in, in their juniors. That's breaking news. 
to some people out there that might not have known that. Yeah, imagine that, right? And also, of course, yeah, as mentioned, this does open the door for Merrick Zidlicky. It does open the door for Merrick Zidlicky, and the con- the contract talks have begun in in that. Merrick Zidlicky, of course, a pending a pending UFA, and of course, a stud defenseman, thirty assists already this year. Just a a, a guy who could be on his way to fifty plus points here, maybe sixty. Just a he's he's almost like a Larry Murphy for the Wild right now. He's just been a huge piece. He, of course, will be in the Olympics as well for the Czech team. Um, just, yeah, he's been a huge addition for the Wild. And uh, the talk right now is the only thing really, the run thing holding that deal back right now, of course, that's part of the negotiation process, is the length of the contract. Zidlicky wants to wants it to be more long-term. The Wild probably are looking at maybe three. Zidlicky probably hoping for a five-ish. We'll see what happens with that. I can't imagine this new wild regime is going to try to just sign Zidlicky to a one-year deal. No. Uh, though the one thing you got to worry about if you sign a five-year deal, he's 34 years old. He looks fantastic, but he is 34, unfortunately. The clock is ticking. But the good news about that is defensemen tend to last quite a while in the NHL. I mean, you've seen a lot of them last and stay pretty good in their late 30s. Nicky Lidstrom. Who could forget him? Uh, Larry Murphy. Yeah, Larry Murphy, Paul Coffey. Um, it just goes on and on. Al McGinnis, blah, 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 blah. I mean, yeah, Chris Chelios lasted a little while. Yeah, until it's about 86. No. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, yeah. Defensemen do tend to last a while in the NHL, and if they're good, they'll stick around. Of course, those guys were pretty high-end, and there's other good ones out there that have stuck around for a long time that aren't quite... Hall of Fame, super-duper legend level, but uh, you get the idea. So now we move into the uh, the final topic here, Cody Almond. Cody Almond, remember we talked about him earlier, one of the more exciting prospects in the wild, uh, fairly bare cupboards, how he was injured earlier in the year, the shoulder, and it's like, doggone it, right? Right as, uh, right as the, uh, right in September, or up, up into September, right when we were going to get into training camp, Cody Almond gets hurt, so they can't look at him. At the particular time, they can't. He, he may have had an outside shot of making the NHL, or at least been very close to making the NHL. And then, of course, can't start right away in Houston. He just had to get sent down there anyway, though, obviously, because that's where he would have to start once he comes back from a six six week uh, injury. He's done a good job in Houston. Good enough that quirky forward uh, Robbie Earl had a few goals this year few lucky bounces, but hey, you know, but not necessarily lucky, but just kind of blue-collar goals by Robbie Earl, the Chicago, Illinois native. Very, very cool, actually, to see somebody like Robbie Earl in the NHL. Very cool, indeed. Chicago, Illinois. Cody Almond is now a member of the Minnesota Wild. Recalled from Houston. He arrived in the Twin Cities yesterday afternoon and got his first skate with the club this morning. Very, very cool, and he likely could debut with the Minnesota Wild tonight. Very, very cool. Cody Almond. His quote is, it's kind of surreal. I got told by Troy Ward, that was Houston's assistant GM and coach. (laughs) Yeah, Houston assistant GM and coach. Very interesting. He was told over practice, and I thought he was kidding at first. It didn't seem real (laughs) at first, but it's great to be here, and I'm I'm excited for tonight. Very, very cool to have uh, Cody Almond, a member of the Wild, is the very, very final bit for this particular show. As Cody Allman did have 15 points in 33 games with the Houston Arrows this year. Houston Arrows, not bad at all. Very nice start to his uh, 
pro hockey career. Nothing spectacular yet, but the signs are pointing that this guy's got something cooking, and that is good news indeed. Uh, the, I, I lied the very final bit here. The very I'm going to stop saying bit also. Uh, Clayton Stoner, he's been out since January 6th with that groin injury. He had a sports uh, hernia surgery today in Munich, Germany. The Wild is calling it successful, imagine that, and said he will need two to four weeks to fully recover. He is expected back in the Twin Cities on Sunday. So, yep, Clayton Stoner, that's another guy I was monitoring for quite a while with the Houston Arrows, the uh, third-round pick back in 02. Clayton Stoner, a guy I do like a lot and uh, hope to see him come to the Wild. That, that's another defenseman you could say is a little bit of depth in the prospect category and possibly the NHL category. Again, Kim Janssen gone, replaced by Cam Barker. Going to be very interesting to see how that trade pans out. Who will be better? Who will be better? Because it has nothing to do with Kim Janssen. It has to do with Barker. And, of course, Kim Janssen gives them salary cap relief because that $5 million is coming off the books. Good news for the Blackhawks in that sense. Um, we'll just have to see how that turns out. It's, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Some people are a little worried and hoping that uh, Nick Letty isn't the next Al McGinnis and that Cam Barker isn't the next uh, Kim Janssen, basically. Yeah, the next Kim Janssen. Oh, he's a two-way defenseman. Here we go. And he has the stick-handling ability of uh, nothing. <laughs> he's you know It's like he's got a hole in his stick at times. You pass the puck to Kim Janssen, well, the puck's still going, and Kim Janssen is going, uh, isn't. He's going forward, and the puck's going backwards. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Kim Janssen, yeah, not the greatest uh, move in the history of the NHL. It looked good at the time, but it didn't work out. It just didn't. And uh, I personally am glad to see it end, though, despite the fact in the uh, Todd Richards system, Kim Janssen looked a heck of a lot better with the Wild this year than he did in the previous years under Jacques Lemaire. Kim Janssen did look better this year. He even had some power play points this year. Looked pretty good on the power play, believe it or not. But, uh, Wish him the best, see how things turn out with him in Chicago, and then he'll be a free agent. I don't think he's going to be getting $5 million this time. No, don't think so, and I don't think the contract will be super long either. Kim Janssen's not young. So that's pretty much it. First and foremost, I would like you to please follow my Twitter, twitter.com forward slash BraveTheWild. That is the Twitter for this, this show anyway. It's not my personal Twitter. It's the Brave the Wild Twitter would like you to please follow it, twitter.com forward slash brave the wild, one word, please do look it up, please do follow it, as I tend to tweet during hockey games, and I will tweet tonight against the Atlanta Thrashers, that'll be an entertaining game, I do expect the wild to win, because the Thrashers have never been in the kind of team that's a grinded out defensive team, and those teams tend to give the wild trouble, and of course, Ia Kolachuk, no longer a member of the Atlanta Thrashers, that was by far their number one threat, so I do think the Wild win against the Atlanta Thrashers. And then the big question is the final game before the Olympics. Can the Wild beat the Vancouver Canucks? Huh. Well, they had better. If they want to make the playoffs, they had better. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised also, though, if another trade is in the works at some point in time. This one did surprise me an awful lot. Uh, just didn't expect it. Didn't expect Nick Letty to get traded. Didn't expect the Wild to acquire a 23-year-old uh, third overall pick. We'll just see how that goes. Um, yeah, because Barker only had 14 points so far this year. Could be another La Tundra situation if it works out in the Wild's favor. We shall see. Also, please do call in to the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Leave your name and town and give your opinion 
of what of, of this trade. That probably be the number one topic. Give your opinion of this trade. Good trade, bad trade, why? Uh, what do you think of Nick Letty? Do you think the Wild blew it majorly? I don't think it. I don't think they did because I, at least Barker isn't 34 like Pavel Dimitra was at the time they made that deal, or was he 32? Whatever it was, number one pick and your top prospect, number one pick and your top prospect for Pavel Dimitra, known for injury problems, known for bad defense. WTF? Yeah, forgive my French there. I didn't like it when it happened, and I certainly the heck didn't like it afterwards. Also, we'd like you to please sign up for the uh, the new message boards on the sportsstuff.com. That's right, the new message boards on the sportsstuff.com. Some of you that may have already been members on that page are going to have to re-register. Ugh. So yeah, do click on the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards, and then simply register. Not that hard to do. We can talk hockey and the NHL boards in the podcast section, Brave the Wild as well. As a, I hope to put polls up there and everything. Uh, yeah, the boards are completely reset, folks. Everything that was on there is gone. Uh, in terms of posts, the boards are back, but the posts are gone. And, of course, the screen names are gone. So uh, we apologize deeply. I said thesportstuff.com do apologize. And we hope you'd return, those of you that may have been members, and those of you that please do sign up and enjoy. It would be fun to have you on board. So, and of course, look for me. I am Paladino Joey. Simple. That's my new screen name, by the way. I'm not Paladino Live anymore. I am Paladino Joey. All right, so that will do it for the show. We'll review the new games, the two games next week. And, uh, well, there won't be any trades until things come back in March. We'll see what happens then. Take care, everybody. Oh, my God.